Welcome to Today in the Word with Pastor Bob Larson of Calvary Chapel Caldwell. Pastor Bob will be with us in just a few minutes, but first we'd like to let you know that Calvary Chapel is located on the corner of 10th and Everett, across from the library in downtown Caldwell. We have two Sunday morning services at 9.30 and 11.30. If you prefer Saturday nights, we have a Saturday night service at 7 p.m. We also have a midweek service Wednesday night at 7 p.m. You can watch Today in the Word on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. on ABC Channel 6.1. Join us as we broadcast Calvary Chapel Caldwell's Sunday morning church services, where Pastor Bob teaches you how to apply the truths in your Bible to your everyday experiences so that you might enjoy a better life. Uh, if you have your Bibles open, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, let's pray and we'll begin. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you, God, that you've given us the Bible to instruct us how to live life. Lord, and we just thank you for what you have for us tonight. And we ask, Lord, that you would speak to us through your word now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, if you have your Bibles open, uh, let's pick it up in verse 1, uh, 1 Corinthians 2. It says, And I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come with excellence of speech or wisdom, declaring to you the testimony of God. And so, uh, you know, if you haven't been here, the background, Corinth, there was a lot of philosophers, great orators, people who had great public speaking skills and the ability to articulate and to capture the hearts of people. And Paul's saying, look, I'm not coming in the natural with an ability to give great speech in my own wisdom. I'm going to give you the testimony of God. Now, we talked about how uh, in chapter 1 and chapter 2, there uh, quite a few times it talks about the wisdom of God. And so he's, he's making the difference between worldly wisdom and godly wisdom. And, and he said, I'm going to give you the testimony of God, which we ta- looked at last week, uh, 1 Corinthians 15, 1. It says, the gospel which I preach to you, Paul tells them, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. So we know that, that, that the gospel is not about being persuasive with words, but about Christ's death dying for our sins according to the scriptures, according to the prophecies in God's word. And, and then John three sixteen, which summarizes it, uh, for God so loved the world whoever, uh, that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So uh, Paul's saying, look, I'm just bringing this simple gospel to you. And it's nothing to do about, you know, having great uh, public speaking skills or, you know, being someone who's intellectually able to persuade you about some thought. Paul's saying it's just about uh, the Lord and the simplicity simplicity of the gospel of Christ. And so he goes on in verse 2 and says, for I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. In other words, Paul had determined uh, just to share the simple gospel of Jesus. And, you know, there were many intellectual people in Corinth, and Paul didn't try to intellectualize the gospel. Now, I think sometimes uh, in our society, people try to do that, try to make it intellectual and use a lot of big words. And, and uh, I heard someone once say, man, the church I go to, the pastor's so smart, he could teach for an hour and a half, and we don't know anything he's saying. And it's like, well, that's not really the goal here, right? Paul's not saying, try to impress people with your large vocabulary. He was determined to keep it simple. And he was determined to keep the main thing, the main thing, and that is Jesus Christ and him crucified. Now, if you've been here with us in the last few weeks, you know we talked about how Um, that there has been a movement over the last 30 years uh, to get Christ crucified out of the church, right? To not talk about Jesus's blood, about Jesus being crucified because it's offensive to people. Now, Paul's saying just the opposite. Paul's saying, look, I only want to know one thing, and that is Jesus Christ and him crucified. Just about Jesus' love for us, that he died for us so our sins could be forgiven. Verse 3 goes on and says, I was with you in weakness, in fear, and in much trembling. Now, uh, here, 
the great apostle Paul says, I was with you in weakness and in fear and much trembling. Now, uh, we know that the apostle Paul was a missionary and that he traveled all around the world sharing the gospel. And in Acts chapter 18, it tells us a little bit about what it was like for Paul. There in verse 8, it says, and many of the Corinthians, hearing, they believed and were baptized. So Paul, when he came to Corinth, he preached the gospel. People got saved. People got baptized. Verse 9, now the Lord spoke to Paul in the night by a vision. Do not be afraid, but speak and do not keep silent. For I am with you, and no one will attack you or hurt you, for I have many people in this city. Now, why do you think the Lord would tell Paul, don't be afraid? No one's going to attack you. Because people continually attacked him, right? And because there was, I'm sure, how many of you uh, would feel fearful if you thought someone might beat you up today after church, right? I mean, it's like, Paul, it was well, before church, during church, and after church for Paul, right? I mean, just, uh, and, and so, you know, when you think about sharing the gospel, when you talk to people at work about Jesus, or talk to people in your neighborhood, or family members, or, or at barbecues, or whatever, and, and sometimes maybe you, fear, you feel fearful about talking about Jesus, just remember, the Apostle Paul, who was one of the greatest evangelists in the history of the world, he felt the same way. He felt fearful, right? And, and the Lord said, hey, don't be afraid. I'm going to be with you. And, and I think for all of us, that's encouraging to realize that Paul's saying, I wasn't a great orator. I didn't have great speaking skills. And I didn't have, you know, some powerful, intellectual, persuasive ability to talk about Jesus. I just talked simply about Jesus. And he was afraid sometimes. So when you think about inviting someone to church and you think, well, I'm afraid to invite him to church, well, so was the Apostle Paul, right? But he did it anyway. And so in verse 4, he goes on to say, and my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. And so Paul's communicating to this carnal church in Corinth. You know, now these were, it was a church, uh, but they were in a very pagan city, and a lot of the church, uh, the, a lot of people in the church were quite, uh, you know, carnal. And so Paul's saying, look, I didn't come with human wisdom, but in the demonstration of the Spirit and the power. Now, how could someone know uh, if the Apostle Paul was really speaking in the power of God, in the power of the Spirit of God. Well, Jesus said, how do you know if anybody who is talking about spiritual matters, how do you know whether what they're saying is really from God or not? Well, Jesus said one of the ways in Luke 6, Jesus said, for every tree is known by its fruit. Right? You, you just see, what does it produce? Now, what was the Apostle Paul's life producing? Well, obviously, uh, people were committing their life to Jesus Christ. People were getting saved as a result of his preaching. And many lives were being changed uh, for the better by the power of God. And so one of the ways we know that Paul was doing the right thing in preaching in the power is that people were getting saved. Churches were getting started. People's lives were being transformed. And that is an important factor because in our society, um, it is a bit weird, but if you are a pro athlete or a movie star and you're on a TV screen, then you're important and that's who people think you should listen to, right? I mean, it's the weirdest thing to see pro athletes talk about or, you know, musicians talk about politics, right? I mean, it's like, so you got to your position because you can run fast, jump high, or sing well, and then now uh, that qualifies you to tell us all how to vote. But anyway, right, I mean, so... In our society, there is this weird thing about who's important, and, you know, it's all about the people who have those categories. But Paul's saying, look, I, I'm not coming as a superstar. I'm just coming as a normal person in the power of God. And, and how do we know that Paul was really walking in the Spirit? Well, because of lives being changed. And, uh, you know, Jesus said in Luke 7.35, one of my favorite Bible verses, he said, wisdom is justified by all her children. And, and Jesus is basically saying that the proof's in the pudding, right? And, and uh, he's just saying, look, wisdom, when someone's teaching truth, you know it by what it produces, right? And, and, and I've asked you all before, if you've wondered, 
you know, what's the best-selling book of all time? You all know. It's the Bible, right? And, and I looked it up. Uh, from 19, uh, 1815 to 1975, they said there was like 2.5 billion Bibles. And now, at most recent estimates, 5 billion Bibles, right? 5 billion Bibles. And, uh, and, and I could tell you uh, that, uh, you know, it is the most read book in the history of mankind, right? Now, and, and, and Paul's saying that, you know, trying to just make it simple, right? And, and, you know, for the person who submits to the will of God and the word of God, it produces a supernaturally blessed life. Why? Because it changes a person from the inside out. And it has more to do with the power of God working in our lives and less to do with us trying to be somebody that we're not. And, you know, the Bible changes a person on the inside. And he, his power transforms us into a person, uh, as the Bible describes in James 3, the wisdom of God when it's in your life. He said in James 3.17, but the wisdom that from, his above, uh, from above is first pure, it's peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality, without hypocrisy. Now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. So when a person is submitting to the word of God, to the will of God, being filled with the spirit of God, being transformed from the inside out, it causes a person to be peaceable, a peacemaker, gentle, willing to yield, and it's great to be around people like that. And that's why I saw this graphic the other day about uh, Christianity and uh, largest religion in the world and uh, uh, this was 2020, that 2.3 billion Christians in the world, and then Islam was the next, 1.9, and then Hinduism, Buddhism, on down the line there. But uh, it's so weird that as I watch, and I've talked about this before, as I watch our country, uh, you would think that there are no Christians in the world or in America. There might be one or two, you know, somewhere in Idaho or Montana, but I mean, there's, there's you know, none really anywhere else. But the reality is, more people believe in the gospel of Jesus Christ uh, than any other system in the world. So in verse 4, Paul says, And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in the demonstration of the Spirit and power, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Now verse 5, I love this verse because Paul's saying, I taught you to trust in the power of God, not in the wisdom of men. And there is a big difference between trusting in the power of God and in the wisdom of men. You know, uh, in our society, uh, humanism is where people think they can fix other people's problems by coming up with their own ideas, right? But the Bible teaches us that God can fix our problems by changing us on the inside, right? Not so much about transformation, uh, you know, uh, of our circumstance, although he does that as well. But he's saying, we need you to trust. I taught you to trust in the power of God. And this is so important because when you trust in God, he's never going to disappoint you, right? God is always going to do what's in your best interest and what's always best for you. Now, the wisdom of men, he's just talking about, those were the experts of the day. Now, I hope you know that throughout the generations, for thousands of years, there's always been experts of the day, right? You know, back when they first invented the first car and someone said, well, we're going to make this thing go 50 miles an hour. And the experts of the day said, well, your brain will explode if you go 50 miles an hour, right? And so there's always been the wisdom of men, the expert of the day. And, and, and quite often it's quite strange things that people would believe. You just think in the medical field, uh, you know, if you lived 200 years ago and you got sick, they might attach some leeches to you to make you get better or maybe take a quart of blood out of you or, uh, you know, do all kinds of weird things to you. But um, yeah, I was watching this documentary about what they did if you went to a health spa uh, 70 years ago, and you don't want to know. But anyway, I mean, just weird things uh, that the experts of the day, the wisdom of the world, and it's important that you in your mind are clear about this, that 
for 2,000 years ago, 1,500 years ago, 1,000 years ago, 500 years, there's always experts that say things, and then a few hundred years later, like, oh, that was idiotic. That's how they roll. The Bible has not changed for thousands of years, right? So Paul's saying, look, this is the truth. In verse 6, he says, however, we speak wisdom among those who are mature and not the wisdom of this age. So he's saying, not pop culture, not what the, the, the people of the day are saying, nor the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. So uh, Paul taught that uh, those who are mature, in verse 6 he says, we speak wisdom among those who are mature, the mature Christians, and, and taught them the wisdom of God, which is, you know, agape love, forgiveness, grace, those sort of things. Thank you for joining us for Today in the Word. We'd like to share with you a couple of things that are going on here at Calvary Chapel. Calvary Chapel Caldwell is now hiring full-time and part-time positions for our exciting Calvary Kids Learning Center. If you enjoy working with children from newborn through kindergarten, please give us a call at 453-9653. Positions are Monday through Friday with our availability to fit your schedule. To learn more about these exciting opportunities, please call 453-9653. We look forward to meeting with you. Calvary Chapel Caldwell would like to invite you to our Saturday night service at 7 p.m. This is an alternative for those who cannot make it to our Sunday morning services. Like us on Facebook at Calvary Chapel Caldwell or check out our website at calvarycaldwell.com. You can watch Today in the Word on Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. on the CW channel 2.2. Join us as we broadcast Calvary Chapel Caldwell's Sunday morning church services where Pastor Bob teaches you how to apply the truth in your Bible to your everyday experiences so that you might enjoy a better life. If you would like a copy of Pastor Bob's message today in its entirety, you can call us at 208-453-9653 during the hours of 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. If you're not currently attending a church and are in the Caldwell area, we'd like to invite you to one of our services. We're located on the corner of 10th and Everett, right across from the library in downtown Caldwell. You can also visit us on the web at calvarycaldwell.com. If Today in the Word is ministered to you and you would like to support this radio outreach ministry, we encourage you to pray for us. You can also partner with us financially. Simply visit calvarycaldwell.com to make a donation. Thank you for joining us for Today in the Word. May the Lord bless you, and may you have a great day. Today is the day you will.